Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Friend, honest is a day as long samples here. Folks, I don't mind telling you I made a bundle pushing used cars. And starting this weekend, I'm passing my profits on to you. Come on down to the lot and ask one of our salesmen out of on parole to work out some terms for you. That's BR549 and hold down the collect cold. I'm no rocket. Fan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Is This Shirt Slimming? Or this month's episode, the, the, the rate we're doing that at the moment. I was about to say, fellow, we weekly. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> we will be soon, but um, oh, I, I have been It's busy. another one of Phil's decisions, Chris. Uh, drunk with power. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he is. He's drunk with power, listener. <laughs> So um, I just wouldn't mind going through a little bit of a debriefing here because both Christopher and I had gigs last night. Um, I had a wedding. Yeah. I did a DJ to a, a lovely wedding. And um, Christopher, you were at uh, Burwood RSL, I believe. I was at Burwood RSL doing the Simon and Garth Uncle show. Yep. Did you rip and, it out? Uh, played, I played the funk out of Garth. <laughs> <Uncle>. <laughs> you spend a lot of time on your own, don't you? <laughs> It's working up these lines. Think of it's, those. Re- it's really lonely at the top. Thinking of those dad jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Is this shirt slimming? Presented by Christopher Sulos, Robert Barnhill, Philip Muscatello. The highs, the lows, the triumphs, the invigilators, the laughter, the tears. Is this shirt slimming? I guess it must be a podcast. Whoops. Were they able to sing Bridge Over Troubled Water? Yes. It was fantastic. I loved every minute. We did. My two favourite songs of the night are Bridge Over Troubled Water. And guess what we close with? Ah, oh, no, sorry, with the second last number, because the last one was the, the hand clap of Cecilia. Guess what the second last number was of the right. whole night? Um, oh, what's everyone's second favourite song or first favourite song if you really like The it? Boxer? Yes. Great. The Boxer. <laughs> the oh, Boxer. The Boxer. Oh. oh, I am oh, just, I'm just a poor boy. I've been oh, playing a lot of them lately. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, I'm learning. Mis- so I'm learning. Mrs. Robinson, uh, Mar- Maurizio is teaching me a um, finger picking oh, version of um, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. So he, art, the Art Garfunkel person, was able to hit the yeah. the last note in Bridge Over Troubled Water. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Curly week. Curly week, Chris? No, 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 no they don't what? do the week thing. Well, it's oh. not a... It's not a car- well, oh, I'm not really- coming. Oh. <laughs> no curly week, Bob's not there, sorry. Yeah, it's a, actually, it's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. it I think when they're, when they're entry-level tribute bands, they try... They pay extra for the curly week. <laughs> when they're entry-level tribute bands, they tend to try and look like the artist because there's nothing there that actually gives you a clue that they understand the music. And as they get become better and better at being performers, the less they have to look the part. And, you know, you don't have to put on your, your grouch. You mean like eyes. Elvis? Elvis didn't look the part at the end. No, that's right. <laughs> it looked like Elvis at all. No. no, no <laughs> well, I can stop being Elvis now. <laughs> Which reminds me, speaking of Elvis, and he's I've come got- up in nearly every, in nearly every podcast. 
I've got Elvis on my my notes in response to Phil's commands. Oh, good, good. Oh, okay. So the okay, so there was a command line I wasn't included in. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to that. Um, so my my gig was um, at uh, a lovely place called Gunners Barracks, which is a very classy wedding DJ place. Uh, but the the people that I was playing to were they were bogans again, <laughs> and which I love, and I was emceeing as well. So. Um, you get a much more close relationship at a wedding when you're the MC, and uh, they're, they're just so enthusiastic. It's just in- incredible the the yeah. amount of um, how boisterous and enthusiastic <laughs> they are through the whole night. Phil, filthy Phil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so so no. they, they were on the spirits for the whole night, really going for it. Oh, but but nice people. I mean, so they didn't get out of control and. Uh, well, they did get out of control, but they were they were good. <laughs> it was a wedding. What are you talking lying to us? <laughs> um, but then you know what? It's the some of the how can I call them bogan boilers? Some of the older women <laughs> they get even more enthusiastic. You know, when a guy like me's around, <laughs> the roasters, roasters are the young ones. And at the end of the night, and the end of the night, the mother of the bride's running around going, "Where's Phil?" <laughs> While I'm dodging and hiding. <laughs> Gosh. I want to say goodbye to Phil. But just to give you... Just to give, you don't need to tell us what happened no, just next. To give you, this is, I'll just finish off now with just my... I think Phil picked up, Chris. I'm just a poor boy, though. My story is seldom told. <laughs> Show off, Phil. Cuckoo-cachoo. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> but the, as, I was, as I was leaving, because it's, it's in the middle of all this bushland, this, this venue... And um, as I was leaving, I could just hear some people wandering off up the trail to the car park. And I just heard this woman's, a young woman's voice saying, Please don't f*** my mother. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, that was the best, best line of the night. Oh. Please don't f*** my mother. <laughs> uh, sorry, that wasn't directed to me, by the way. That wasn't, um, that oh, was just oh, a hey, random... And you get paid. <laughs> and I get paid. What? Uh, what? But it's, uh, Is that why people... Lo- <laughs> I don't know. I just love wedding emceeing. I love wedding emceeing, especially for Aussie, real Aussies, you know? it's They just make it so easy for you. They're just so happy to, to be entertained, you know? And and they treat you with this undue respect as well. Because, easily entertained, Phil. <laughs> but they treat you with this undue respect. They, they actually think you're a figure of authority. They've had years of Daryl Summers. <laughs> and Rodney Roode. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know what they want. They know what they expect from entertainment. <laughs> Very low threshold. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. Classic rock. Cavity search. I've actually I've been doing extensive research here, so um, I'm just. I've done to... a bit today. Oh, good. So I'm just changing around to it now. Everything oh, you're goes. Not very well prepared for a man with scripts. Okay, this man. This script is entitled "Is This Man a Prat?" One thing I remember about the the seventies was how much the critics hated the band Queen. Um, the English music mm-hmm. press at the time liked their music dirtier and a bit grubby and prol, and Queen just weren't that. They didn't appreciate uh, Freddie Mercury's brash and showy stagecraft. So at the time, New Music and teeth and teeth and teeth. At the time, New Musical Express interviewed Freddie, and Freddie confronted the journalist with the question, 
What do you know about showbiz? Because Freddie knew about showbiz, opera and spectacle. He talked about show business and he talked about cabaret and he talked also that ballet would soon become commonplace in rock. <laughs> so that's where... He was right on all counts. <laughs> he was right on all counts. <laughs> Proven true. Totally clips of the heart. Totally clips of the heart. So that's why... That, that's why the NME headline of the time read, Is This Man a Pratt? And, you know, it kind of pissed off Freddie because he, you know, felt like he was selling a lot of records and he was very popular, but he just wasn't fitting into the, the vibe of the time. Anyway, in the following month, which was July 1977, Queen were recording their new album, News of the World, and in the, in the next studio were the Sex Pistols recording Nevermind the Bollocks. During a break in recording, Sid Vicious checked in on the Queen session and he called out, Oi, Freddie, have you succeeded in bringing ballet to the masses yet? <laughs> and Freddie answered, Why, Mr. Ferocious, we're doing our best, dearie. <laughs> this is what I love about the music industry. You know, you sort of think that bands like this would be a, it's a total odds to each other, but they're just, you know, they're at ads. Anyway. It was after this that Freddie... Mr. Ferocious. (laughs) Mr. Ferocious. (laughs) It was after this that Freddie sat down and wrote, We are the champions. (laughs) Who's making all that noise? Mr. Ferocious. (laughs) I think Rob's fallen off the table laughing. Yeah, I did. Sorry. It was after this that Freddie sat down and wrote, We are the champions. He was tired of being sniped at by the press and declared that it was the most egotistical and arrogant song that he'd ever written. As he said, it could be construed as my version of my way. So while Sinatra inspired Freddie, this week I discovered that Saddam Hussein was also a fan of Frank Sinatra's. I've got some notes. I've got some notes. Are you ready? Yes, let's hear them. Saddam Hussein's favourite movie was Kissing Cousins, with Elvis Presley playing two roles. Saddam Hussein had a crush on, hold on, Juliet Prowse. Remember Juliet Prowse? Who for a while went out with Elvis and was engaged to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's all coming together. It, um, it's all it all re- re- revolves around Frank Sinatra. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it does. She was a cat, she was a Catwoman, man. Juliet Prowse. Mm, no, I don't think she was a Catwoman. No. But what about Elvis? Hey, two roles: blonde and brunette. Saddam apparently had a collection of Sinatra LPs, but mostly from the Capital era, including "In the Wee Small Hours" and "Songs for Swingin' Lovers." <laughs> In the Wee Small, Small Hours had a fantastic cover. I love that. It did, that it album. did. And yeah. Songs for Swingin' Lovers was a pretty good cover as well. Yes. Saddam was born in India. Oh, as was... Um, Bo- it Bombay, wasn't, wasn't Freddie Mercury was born? Freddie. No, he wasn't born. He was born in no, um, Zimbabwe. Yeah. Zanzibar. Morocco. Zanzibar. North Africa. No, Zanzibar he was born, I think. and then But he was okay. brought up in India. And um, his Saddam's parents... parents were South African. <laughs> Freddie's parents were actually worried that his grades weren't good enough. This is while he'd already started making hit records, but his, his um, parents were worried that his grades weren't good enough to get into an accountancy and start working in India as an accountant. 
Saddam knew the power of a good song, obviously. You know, I mean, he's come up with, he was a fan of Elvis, he was a fan of Juliet Prowse, he was a fan of Sinatra. But the one that he, the, the song that he knew would pull at the heartstrings of his population to make him even more popular was Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. He um, chose it as the campaign theme for the 2002 totally legitimate Iraqi election. This is a report from the time. Party, f- party officials have chosen the Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You, as the campaign theme tune. <laughs> the song accompanies the dawn to dusk election broadcasts. Dawn to dusk on the three, sta- on three state-controlled television stations, which feature almost <laughs> continuous footage of Saddam. Being backed by Whitney Houston. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Which only goes Being to prove which only goes to prove that everyone loves a country song. That's right. Including Frank Sinatra, who once sang Riders in the Sky with Dean Martin. Now, Rob and I you know you and I both right. know this song Riders. It go, it Ghost Riders in the Sky, isn't it? In fact that's that's a Ghost Riders in the Sky? It's not actually called Ghost Riders in the Sky, it's actually called Riders okay. in the Sky. I didn't know that. <laughs> there you go. This is a new fact that we've come up with. But it's a great show. What this brings me to, what this brings to yeah. me to, is that the fifties was the golden age of Italian American fake cowboys. Now, my favourite version and the one that we based our version and the guys that are fun version was on Frankie Lane, who is another Italian American cowpoke. <laughs> His real name was Francesco Paolo Lovecchio. I think just about every major singer in America in the 50s, male singer, was Italian heritage of some sort. Yep. There's very few yep. of them. Anyway, he was, yep. a, he was a barber from Chicago from a family with mob ties. His father was Al Capone's barber at one stage. Frankie Lane also trained to be a barber as well and opened up a barber shop until he started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. His singing career. But even though he was a barber, he always wore a hairpiece. <laughs> he loved a rug. And um, apparently his rug, he only ever had one hairpiece. And it aged alongside with him. As he got older, the hairpiece got more and more grizzled, but it just kind of suited him. But um, do you guys remember? <laughs> do you guys remember Frankie Lane growing up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's mainly for, he's mostly Frank. forgotten now, isn't he? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, and he was he was enormous though. He was absolutely enormous. He he was like the Nickelback of the fifties. You know, he was just huge. <laughs> <laughs> you really know how to hand out a compliment? <laughs> no, no, actually more. No, he'd be, he'd be more like the, the Jay-Z. Aren't even that bad. That's the f- sad part of it. For the industry joke, but they're not that bad. Would he be the Drake of the 50s or the Jay-Z of the 50s? Um, oh. But I, I don't know, because when I was a kid, I remember listening to 
Frankie Lane songs over and over and over again. I can still sing the whole of Cool Water or Cry of the Wild Goose or my personal favourite, I Believe. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. For I believe every for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe that for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the way. I believe. I believe. They don't write songs like that anymore. I mean, no one believes anymore. But anyway, he also did um, Riders in the Sky. And. Um, mm. Which is, as we all know, as Ghost Riders in the Sky. What a great song. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm. I reckon... Um, I saw Dick Van Dyke's brother do it at the State Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> yeah, and it was fantastic. Jerry uh, had this amazing TV show called My Mother the Car. Oh, I love that show. I think yeah, we've talked well, about that. Yeah, it's a strange thing. His mother... Never found it on YouTube? It is. Um, is it? Yeah, there's there's only a few episodes. It's pretty horrendous show. It's a hard watch, and um, it's oh, a, basically it. a bloke whose mother never leaves him. And it must have been, I reckon, Woody Allen may have seen that show too, because he wrote that. What was that? New York Stories, where he's got his mother appearing in the clouds, never leaves him alone after she disappears in a magic show. Oh, you've never seen this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he gets his. So his mother is there, resurrect, uh, reincarnated as a car. And she gives him advice. And when she life. speaks, the, the radio grill lights up. Yeah, it's just horrendous. I loved it. Oh, oh, I loved it. I know, I know, I know. We all watched can we, it. it can, we just, can we just backtrack for a second to yeah, um, yeah. what Phil was talking about as Whitney Houston's uh, whatever that song's called? Mm-hmm. I will always, always love, love you. Use, mm-hmm. use, use. Well, you know who wrote it? Porter Wagner. Uh-oh. Dolly. Awkward silence. Dolly wrote it. Dolly Parton. Yeah, it's Dolly. Oh, that's right. Four Porter Wagner. Four Porter Wagner. Four yep. Porter Wagner. Or mm-hmm. yeah. Hadam Hussein, who <laughs> it was reported she had, she had an affair with. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either Porter or Saddam. So it's the full circle. She, Dolly had an affair. <laughs> We've covered with everything Sud- off. <laughs> Wow, we've, Dolly we've just Parton. closed it up. That, has been, that whole story has been so professional. My life will never be the same. Dolly Parton had an affair. <laughs> so it's hard to get past that, that, isn't it? It's just the meeting, the first meeting. Yes. Alleged, <laughs> alleged, Chris. Alleged. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, just imagine the conversation. So, you're Dolly Parton. So. <laughs> Pleased to meet you both. <laughs> <laughs> Where I come from, which is somewhere way out in the bush that you've never heard of, we breed real men. And we don't eat anything that's green or soft and fluffy. But more than that, when it comes to cheese, we don't eat any of that foreign muck. Out here, you won't find anyone getting their laughing tackle around brie or camembert or cheddar or blue vein or mozzarella or ricotta or anything like that. Unless they're a great big girly. Round here, we all eat new quark cheese slabs. They're shaped like a slab of beer and they're exactly the same size. The best thing about them is that when you're buying a few slabs for Friday night, the new quark cheese slab just slips into the ute with the rest of them so nothing falls over and gets squashed up and yucky. 
and they've got that real beaut taste that makes you want to drink more. New Quark Cheese Slabs. Get a few in you now. But okay. you, did you know, did you know that that song... Um, <laughs> I keep on thinking of Cry of the Wild Goose. What a great, that's a great song as well. <laughs> Move on, Phil. My heart goes where the wild goose goes, <laughs> and I must go where the wild goose goes. Oh, I mean, it was like the most romantic song. song I remember when I was so young. But um, I Will Always Love You was, of course, The Bodyguard. That's where it came from, and uh, it was being yeah. used. And uh, Kevin Costner was, I think he was directing that movie as well. And they were going yeah. to use... Oh, now, what was the song that they were going to use? Uh... You do know that that uh, I Will Always Love You was used in a movie in 1974. Really? No. Which movie was that? Rob? It was in... <laughs> What become what becomes of the Rob, brokenhearted? Rob with notes. Oh, what becomes of the brokenhearted? Great. That was the song. That's the song. Yeah. That was the wow. song. Yeah. What becomes of the yeah, broken, brokenhearted? Song. That was originally supposed uh, to be yeah. in the bodyguard. But anyway, which the that was an old Motown tune. Such a good tune. Mm. Um, I will always love you. Was in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Fantastic. Oh. And not in '74. What a great yeah. decade the '70s was. <laughs> you could still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Burlesque was king still. Nine to five, best little hoil hoil mouse. Well, that's my notes. Uh. Oh, hang on, just backing up. <laughs> sorry, just backing up a little bit. Backing up a little bit, the other great song, the, the, yeah. one of the greatest songs, of course, that Frankie Lane sang was... Uh, is that the one about the gunfight? Oh, there was a lot of gunfighting and High Noon and yeah. all that, but no, 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 no. no, no. What song? Not the, the theme from Blazing Saddles. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. How did that go? Oh. Um, oh, okay. He rode a blazing saddle. He also did Jezebel. Jezebel, yeah, yeah. But um, when he was he when he was recording so many, when he was recording uh, Blazing Saddles, he he'd never heard of um, Mel Brooks, <laughs> and. He thought it was they were doing a remake of High Noon. <laughs> they told him it was doing a, a remake of High Noon. <laughs> oh. I I accidentally saw uh, te- five minutes of uh, Get Smart videos today, and, mm-hmm. it was, and it was just titled Get Smart Get Smart Women, and it was all these gorgeous girls from the sixties that were in scenes and mm-hmm. playing barmaids and waitresses and. Airline hostesses. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. I, I had the hots for Barbara Feldman. Oh, well yeah, me too. My, well into my 40s. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's <brilliant>. dead now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Is, 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 is this shirt slimming? So, has anyone heard some any good songs that they've been enjoying lately? Been listening to a bit of Psytrance with Asterix and some remixes from Hamiga label you know, this is really trance label but <coughs> it's kind of like <sighs> so I just throw that in I, I think we've stepped into the wrong program here I think we, we might be in the 21st century <laughs> just, we might be yeah the only trouble is now this is the thing I, I, I really I, I really like the fact that these guys are great with their sense I really love it they're brilliant some of these guys are brilliant however all the information I can get on it <coughs> and the only information I can get on the way that these guys work is usually goes through some sort of gateway of um, illicit drugs and, and 
magazines that talk about mushrooms and festivals. I just can't get real information on the topic, like real information. So everyone's in love. These, the people that are into this scene are totally in love with the lifestyle, which is about hallucinogens and you know, how much LSD. And it's like, man, I just want to know about the freaking music because it's great. So they've sort of surrounded their artists with uh, this mystique. You know, they've got these elaborate drawings and paintings and computer graphics. And but um, yeah, and even I had I had a couple of young guys uh, in the, the uh, at work, and I had some side trans going. They going, oh man, oh yeah, you're not even out of it, are you? <laughs> it's like, no man. So they're looking at me, you know, so trying to trying to reconcile the the forty year <laughs> difference. And uh, they said, so you listen to this? I said, yeah, I like it. What? They just put the whole conversation was them scratching their heads, wondering why I should be listening to this music. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I've been listening to. And what what is psytrance? Um, it's music that's usually at about the tempo of somewhere between 132 and 141. There's been some great composers coming up through the scene lately. Uh, that's that's happened. That's a recent thing. So the the style, the genre has matured. It started about the 90s, and it is very much a computer-based construction of tunes. That, and it's most of the things are eight minutes long, and they have these motifs. They have motifs that land in certain places. And the thing about the, the way that these songs are constructed and why they take eight minutes is that they use the motifs... As um, as a doorstop to create the link between the motifs, so it's all about really the link. Because once you get to the motif, it can be an okay piece of whatever it's going to be, but the way you get from one to the other is the art form, and that's what people don't notice. People hear the groove, they don't listen to the bit where it breaks. Like people our age hear the groove and they go, "Okay, there's nothing going on." But in the meantime, there's this actual build-up, there's this anticipation, and that's what they're good at, building this anticipation to something else. That's all. That's the why it takes eight minutes. And these build-ups might be eight or 16 bars long, and there might be nine of them, you know, throughout the period. Would you be able to put together a Psytrance hit parade so we could post it somewhere on there? Happily, our- happily, yeah, yeah, happily. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the music, that it exists for so long, mm. since, the, since the late 90s. Mm. It's all festivals. Look, there's guys, you know, they're, they're just dancing about, and they're obviously on Eckies or mm-hmm. LSD or, mm. or mushrooms. You know, it's all that. It's all that sort of, you know. Oh, they've gone beyond Chardonnay, have they? <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> you shunt. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of. I uh, saw that recently. <laughs> What's that? The timing of that whole line. The deli- it's like the whole show was for the delivery of that one line. It, oh, it was. <laughs> who, who is it? What's that? I don't know the line. <laughs> Catherine Kim. Catherine Kim. Kim. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Kim, so, uh, Kim, Kim storms into Brett's uh, Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds he's having an thinks he's having an affair with the manager, yeah. and she's obnoxious as usual and pissed. And uh, she said to the manager, "Oh, can I have some Chardonnay?" <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "It's Chardonnay, Kim." Oh, she said, "Oh, you shunt." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're brilliant, those girls, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, ladies. They have no shame. Those women have no shame. Now, I'm going to have to love you and leave you in a minute. Well, look, I was going to say, we've just um, done about um, 35 minutes here, which I think is a show. I don't think we've got plenty there. 39, I've got. (laughs) Oh, no. Not after you cut all the bad bits out, Phil. That's right. That's right. Four four and a half minutes (laughs) tops. So um, this episode's going to be called Please Don't Fuck My Mother. 
Starring Keenan Wynn. Thank you for listening. You can find us. You can find us at slimmingly.strikingly.com, on Facebook at Slimmingly, and on Twitter at Shirt Slimming. This has been Is This Shirt Slimming? I guess it must be a podcast. Good night. Good night. Good night, Phil. Good night, Rob. You've been listening to Is This Shirt Slimming? Brought to you by the Dapto Foreskin Restoration Clinic. Time to act. Become intact. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.